we went out to New York so mm-hmm. he could do Live at the Apollo. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when it was on BET. It's like 90 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not staying in this fucking van. It's yeah. hot. I'm going to go in with you. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, you ain't ready, so they might kick you out. I'm like, that's cool, but, you know, I'm going to be in an air conditioning yeah, for yeah. as long as I can until they tell me I got to leave. So I go in, and naturally, you know, I'm sitting down. And they're like, hey, what are you, you auditioning? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yes, I'm auditioning. <laughs> I'm like, by the time they find out they ain't got my paperwork, whatever, it, yeah, I mean, right. it'd be time to go anyway. So I go to the next level, and they're like, what, are, what, do you know what group you're in? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm with him. I'm, with, I'm in his group. I wasn't. Cut two, I lied my way into the audition. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm in the audition room. So they pointed to me and I was like, I just started doing jokes. Uh-huh. And then they laughed and then I got it. I got the audition. My buddy got it too, thankfully. Or that yeah, would be yeah, pretty yeah. awkward. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. Well, Underground Comedy Fest is a wrap. 20 shows, 80 comics in the books. Thousands of people came out to watch. Almost every show sold out. The comics were amazing. Thanks to everyone who came out to the shows, to the comics who performed, and to the people who helped out with the shows. Special thanks to Shelly Kim and Andrew Cook, who did a ton throughout the fest to make sure everything happened. Everybody did their part, and it was great. And because Underground Comedy never stops, we got our old buddy Doug Smith back in town this weekend to headline Big Hunt. Doug is a great comic who has been on Comedy Central and Conan. You can get tickets on the website. Our guest today is Ron Taylor. Ron is a fast-rising comic, originally from Detroit, now living in Los Angeles. Ron recently did a featured set for Comedy Central, and he killed it when he was at Big Hunt. Ron talks about starting in Detroit, lying his way onto Live at the Apollo, and living in his van while trying to establish himself in L.A. This was recorded at Big Hunt right before a show, so you might hear some people in the background setting up. Rogan, uh, Joey Diaz, Bill Burr. Oh, you like you know. th- those are some old school comics. Yeah, I mean, that's how I got into podcasts. Uh, was Really, I was listening to O&A. Yeah. Open Anthony, and I would listen to all the episodes with Patrice on it. Okay. And they would have such long, you know times of just i guess it was just a talk radio i don't know if they ever played music but uh i would just listen to that and then i would look up uh, i looked up uh, uh patrice o'neill's um what was it called black phillips show uh-huh yeah, so i listened to that and then rogan and then diaz i'm and trying to think how long ago that would have been well he died in 2010 so it was from like old Oh one, oh Maybe wow, two thousand till till he died. That's really like ten years of him being on that radio show. That's a how long did but did you listen to it that whole time? Heavens no. Yeah yeah. When no. did, what year do you think you started listening to it? Um, shortly after he died because I had got hip to Patrice right before, uh-huh. like when Elephant in the Room came out. Yeah, I had seen him before. I was like, man, this is this is amazing. I remember dating different girls, and I'm like. Uh, put on his special and try to be like, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Cause I didn't know how to right. say that stuff to them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Girls I was dating like, Hey, I'm better than you. You can't just say right, that. Right. But he found a way to say it. And then like, uh, I think a, a, a year later, maybe he passed. And then I just was start, I started looking up stuff and I was like, Oh, 
Oh, he's here. Oh, man, he's on the show a lot. And I just yeah. listen. I've probably listened to every episode he's ever been on. Yeah, I mean, I think he was he was just about to become very famous. Yeah. He yeah. was like, he was somewhat famous, but he I think he was just about to reach the like highest comedy levels. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Do you think he was like the biggest influence on you or just one of your big early influences? One of the big ones, yeah, later. It started with... Let's see. Well, let's go back. So how did I get into comedy? So um, I was in high school and I was just funny in one of these classes I had. And I had what they call a, a, a two to seven. So norm- normally you go to actually I had a two to eight. That's a whole nother story. But normally you go to school from one, cl- uh, period one to seven. OK. You know, and if you were a nerd, you got an extra class, which is what I did. OK. Or you could get a second hour start. And you go from two to seven. But I had my extra class was robotics, which I didn't have to go to every day. Anyway, point is, how old are you? I'm 17. Okay. 17. How old are you now? 27. Okay. Yeah. So I was always the younger guy in school. So I graduated when I was 17. Okay. But uh, anyway, most people go into school first hour, eight o'clock. I wouldn't go in until nine, but I had to take my little brothers to school. Okay. So I'm just in the parking lot of school waiting to go in. What was the purpose of letting you start late? It was just I didn't have a class. I don't know what the logistics were. Yeah, but yeah. That was just a thing. Okay. You know, just like you could have a second hour start. Yeah. You just had you just had to get all your. That's amazing. Yeah. It's weird. Anyway, I did that. I had a second hour start. Oh. My entire junior and senior years, but it was I had a class. I just, I just didn't go to it. Oh, that's funny. I just you were skipping. <laughs> as soon as I got a car and yeah. was driving myself to school, I just didn't go to it yeah. and uh, somehow managed to pass all those classes. That's funny. Oh, no, I take it back. Now I remember. The reason I had a second hour start was because my first class was or my first period was lunch. There it is. So like you could make your lunch period whenever you want. Oh, you moved your lunch period all the way up to, fir- to the first. Right. Period. And you can't just know attendance for lunch. Yeah. You don't get credits for right. lunch. So I was like, I'm not going in there. Yeah. And so I would just do that. Anyway, while everybody was in class, I was in my car eating donuts, uh-huh. drinking coffee like an adult. Yeah, that is like an adult. Yeah. And I would listen to the radio. And I'd listen to Ricky Smiley in the morning. I'd listen to uh, Steve Harvey. And there was this one week where Jamie Foxx was on Steve Harvey's show. And then the next day he was on like Ricky Smiley's show. Mm-hmm. And I was just laughing my ass off. So I would like go in school in a silly mode, in a silly mode and just funny okay so cut two i'm in school for engineering robotics uh i've graduated now it's time for me to go to college mm-hmm. and do engineering which right. i had already set up my whole situation for i had did some contract where like if you keep a grade point average you get to go to school for four years for free great but i like making people laugh or something but it hadn't clicked what it was because uh-huh. people forget prior to kevin hart Mm-hmm. Com- and, and Instagram comedy wasn't a, a obvious choice of a thing to do. Oh, certainly not. You had to know a comic. You know, it's not. Yeah, like, absolutely. You don't, you don't just go. I'm gonna be a comedian. It's like who even? What is that? Nobody right. even knows what that is. So it hadn't clicked. But um, I was just watching all this stand up, and it, it still it never even remotely dawned on me like this is what I should do. And then I saw this uh, this uh, show or this episode of Inside the Actor Studio. Okay. With Dave Chappelle. Uh huh. And he was just talking about his, you know, his come up and stuff. And there was something he said. It was when he's, he said when he realized he was supposed to be a comedian, mm-hmm. was from reading a Time magazine 
uh, article with Bill Cosby on the cover. And he said after reading that, he realized that being funny was a marketable skill. Okay. And when I heard that sentence, I was like, oh, being funny is a marketable skill. I'm going to be a comedian. So Dave Chappelle is the reason I started right, comedy. Right, cool. So I started watching Dave Chappelle. And then I moved over to Chris Rock because I used to hate Chris Rock. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the definition of a non-funny comedian to me. Oh, interesting. But that's because I was young. Uh-huh. I didn't know nothing. Yeah, yeah. And then instead, OJ, what are you talking about? I, uh, I want to hear about farts. Oh, okay. And dicks. Too smart. Too smart. I was just too dumb. Yeah, yeah. Even, too young. Yeah, right. But then I got hip to Chris Rock. And now it's Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. It's, too, um, it's just they're shaping my mind. And then I started fucking girls. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, now I'm looking at other stuff, you know, I'm feeling myself a little bit. I'm I'm in I'm I'm out of school now. because uh, I went to college. I was supposed to go for engineering, like I said, but I switched my major after I heard that Chappelle thing. Right. To theater arts. I switched my major from engineering out of engineering also. There you go. Yeah. So but I was I, like, I wasn't I wasn't smart enough to see foresee comedy, so I still was What'd you switch far it to? Business. Oh, before I ever went to school, before I ever went to college, I switched it to theater arts. And it was like, you can't do that. You're going to forfeit your scholarship because you have to wait until the next semester. So I don't care about that. I'm yeah. going to go to theater arts school. I only went for a semester. But anyway, after that semester, started doing stand-up, started hanging out with girls, stuff like that. And then I found Patrice O'Neill. Uh-huh. And then that, that like, took me pretty much to where I'm at now. And then, you know, I started getting hip to, like, Bernie Mac, the intricacies of different things. Like, I take from a lot of people, as not their jokes, but take, like, you know, just influences their influence. and uh-huh, sure. stuff like that. Like, Louis C.K. And um, uh, 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 I watched all the stuff. Like, when yeah. Lime, remember LimeWire? Yeah, of course. I used to download all the uh, specials. Yeah, yeah. That. So I was one of the first people that had you know whole comedy sets in their pocket yeah yeah i love hoarding things also yeah <laughs> dane cook christopher titus jim gaffigan pablo francisco yeah uh who else did i have uh some of the early Lu- the the like early louis ck when he was like performing in front of a, it was a half hour he was performing in front of a clown house or something louis ck is a comic that i didn't like at first he's really? somebody that i thought wasn't funny I didn't know him until that one thing I saw. Yeah. I had no clue. I found out about Dane Cook after he was famous. Like, yeah, way, yeah. way after. Yeah. Like, I was like, who is this guy performing in the round? Yeah, right. Like, th- that I've never heard of. How did he get all these fans? And he probably was two years past his heyday. He was the original, like, current day social media person. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. So I just studied all that stuff. Then Def Comedy Jam, I was studying all that stuff. And then I just kept it going, man. I kept it going. Did you finish college? No. Oh, you sat. No. How long How long did you go? A couple months. Oh, only a couple Whatever months? Whatever the first thing is, the first big test that you take in college, yeah. I didn't go back after that. I don't even, Do they have tests in theater? What? I don't even know what classes oh, you yeah. take when you're a theater yeah, major. Midterms is what they call them. So I did one semester. I actually didn't drop out. I would have went back. Long story short... I didn't have the money. I had an argument with my mother, and she wouldn't give me the money, and it was something. So I was like, well, whatever. I'm, I don't need to go back because I was like, I'm doing stand-up. And I yeah. hated school, man. Right. I hated school with a passion. I hate school too, yeah. <laughs> I have nightmares of waking up, being in class, and the teacher's like asking me for some assignment. Yeah. 
and I don't even know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I wake up and I, it's like a baby panic attack, man. I, I, yeah, I think I still have leftover kind of background stress, like a background feeling of I got I got stuff I got to get done. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, because what I used to do is uh, I wouldn't I would go to no classes and then I would just show up and take tests, yeah. or I would write the paper, uh, you know, the the day that it's due and. I just have that stress throughout the entire semester of knowing that I was going to have to do it last yeah. second. Um, and yeah. I think I still feel everything in my life that way. Yeah. I mean, I still procrastinate. I'm getting out of it now. It's not a good habit, but I've been doing some, some internal, uh, uh soul searching, if you will, uh-huh. and trying to figure out why it is. And I think it's because man, my dad used to make us do so much stuff, pointless stuff all like, the time. Just like chores. Yeah, but it was it wasn't even just chores, man. Like he used to it, it sounds like healthy now, but he used to like yeah. get us up in the morning uh-huh. and make us run a mile. <laughs> like you're in the army. Yeah, like what is and he he's not in the army. My mother was in the Air Force, but she didn't even do that. It's like what are we doing? Why? He'd wake uh-huh. us up. I used to hate this shit, man. That's he'd insane. Say, That's crazy. He used to say it's too late for you to be sleeping. I'm like, what? Wh- where are we going? What do we got to do? It's too late for you to be sleeping. And I think that that did something to me, man. Now it's like I sleep as much as I can because I oh, feel okay. like somebody yeah, yeah, wake yeah. me up right. and tell me to do something. How old were you when you were running a mile? Man, like 10, man. Like, <laughs> too young. <laughs> like anywhere from 10 to 13. I don't think we did it past 13. Yeah, yeah. that's wow. That's really crazy. What was his background? He's a bodybuilder. Oh, okay. So and, he's a uh, fitness person. Yeah, and uh, and like telecommunications and stuff like that. So you got bodybuilder jeans? No, no, you no, don't. <laughs> I've got blue jeans. <laughs> That's yes. all I got, man. You know, he just did it. You know, anybody can. Well, I'm not gonna say that, but anybody who works out can have a good body. My dad yeah. was just tall, and I guess he was skinny, and then he started working out. I had a dream he was taking steroids, so I'm gonna ask him that one day. Like, yo, did you did you use the juice? I think he said he tried it once, but yeah. it's too expensive, which I believe. Yeah, that's so. Were you were doing stand up at that point? When when did you start? So I was thinking comedy at 17. Right. But I just matter of fact, because I don't get to think about this often. So I was thinking comedy at like I was thinking funny at 16. I was mm-hmm. thinking comedy at 17. Okay. At 17, in my mind, I was a comedian. Okay. I just hadn't got on stage yet. Yeah, you didn't yet. start yet. Uh-huh. Right. And then maybe, uh, so I turned 18 in October of 2010. Yeah. No, October 2009. I okay. turned 18 in October 2009. January 2010... I'm still 18 mm-hmm. is when I started stand up is when I actually got on stage. Okay. Yeah. So after that, I just, I just hit the ground running. Man. And this is in Detroit. Yeah. In Detroit. And when you started, how, what kind of places were you performing in? Bars. Uh-huh. Uh, no, that's not true. Clubs. Comedy clubs. Yeah. Because, and that was the reason I hadn't gone up yet. Cause I would have went up at 17 if I knew where to go. Right. But I had a, the, I think it's called the, uh, not the Samsung, whatever phone it was, it was like the first response to Apple's iPhone. So it's like one of the first, first yeah, yeah. off-brand touchscreen phones. Uh-huh. Anyway, I remember looking up comedy in GPS. Uh-huh. I just looked up the word comedy. Yeah. I was looking for a comedy club. That's funny. And uh, a few things came up. Some people's names came up, like weird. But I found this comedy club and I called and said, hey, how can I perform there? 
and they said, uh, well, we'll give you a date. And that date was that date was uh, January 23rd, I believe. Okay. Which is the only reason I remember around the time I actually started. But interestingly enough, so like I said, I went to school for theater arts. Half or the semester came when you're supposed to go back to school, mm-hmm. I guess break or whatever. I was still on campus, just wasn't enrolled. And school hadn't started back up. There was a comedian that came to the campus to do a do jokes and yeah. I'm like I'm definitely gonna go watch that I'm a comedian he's a comedian so me and my buddy were in the audience and we're laughing and then the comedian was like hey what are you guys laughing at in my mind I'm like you motherfucker mm-hmm. you're a comedian but my buddy for some stupid reason like he got a joke you want to tell you which oh, wasn't man. true yeah 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 he's got a joke and he's like oh you got a joke it's like no no and the comedian's like hey you guys want to hear this guy come up here and tell a joke everybody clapping I go up there I tell some shit story it's in the auditorium yeah uh-huh I don't even remember what I said. I kind of just blacked out. Right, right. started talking, and then I got off stage. I'm sure I ate a bag of dicks. That was technically my first time on stage. Yeah, yeah. But I had already had a date in the books for January 23rd. Uh Uh-huh. That was technically my second time on stage. Uh Uh-huh. And then after that, I called another club. I did another open mic, Mark Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. The first club was Joey's Comedy Club. second club was Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. And then I just kept doing those two clubs, and I would go out to Ann Arbor Comedy Showcase. I'd do that club. I met a white dude named Jeff Horst, mm-hmm. and he introduced me to bars. Yeah. Then I started doing bars. Yeah. Oddly enough, he introduced me to black comedy. I introduced him to, like, mainstream club comedy. That's funny. So then we started riding out together. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I started in clubs, and then I went to bars. And then in the Midwest, you know, there's not a lot of comics. So once you get funny, just a little bit funny. Yeah. Now you're making money. So I started going on the road, man. I started. Oh, really? Doing, yeah. In the around in the Midwest and the small clubs and like one nighters and stuff. Yeah, I would do bars. Uh, I would do VFW halls, Elk lodges. Nice. I would do backyard parties. Were you closing these out? Or Heavens, just, no. Right. No. Okay, so you're just on the show. Yeah, I was just on the show, but I started closing shows out early. Like earlier I can imagine, yeah, right, right. Like even now, some people still ask me, like, "Hey, are you comfortable?" Even you, when you you text me, like, "Hey, can you just like?" I'm sure I got it, but that's yeah, just because, yeah, man, I was closing shows out because it's just de- it's Detroit. Who else you gonna get? Your yeah. cousin? Somebody's got to do the time. Because different people come up through di- in different places, and some people, you know, if you if you come up through New York and mm-hmm. you're used to doing five minute spots and ten minute spots, right. and then you're you start getting JFL auditions and even late night auditions when you're doing five and ten minute spots, but you don't have an opportunity to do forty five minutes to an hour very often. It's rare when you get to do that. It, that's true, and there is like a conditioning right. that you have to get back into the groove of. So when I moved from Detroit to LA, I was used to doing long sets. Yeah. At least 10 minutes. Even right. open mics in Detroit, you're getting seven to 10 minutes. Yeah. And then in LA, prime spots, you're getting three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I was eating shit for like a week, maybe. Yeah. Cause I was to like, adjust. You know, it's like I go up there, I do crowd work or whatever I'm doing. Whatever you're doing, and then your set's over. And then it's over. But then I, you know, I get, I get with it pretty, pretty quick. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're like, it seems to me you're you're just getting into being a club headliner. Yeah. Like this is you, this is the beginning of you being of being a, a real life club an headliner. actual headliner. Yeah. I was, and, yeah. And so 
you know, your, your agent, Silvio, mm-hmm. he was recommending you. He, he recommended you a few times mm-hmm. and I watched your tapes and I was like, I'm convinced that this, this guy is funny, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know how often he's doing 45 minutes. Right. And like these shows are probably going to be packed mm-hmm. and I want someone that can do 45 minutes because there's guys here that can do it. Mm-hmm. There's guys here that can walk on stage and have great sets and everybody will leave happy. So yeah. like I'm trying to, to keep it at that level. Right. Right. And there are people who are going to have comedy careers and are, are going to be successful that can't headline yet. Right. They're, they're far along and their careers are doing great stuff, but they're not ready to, to be a headliner in a high stakes environment. But like yourself and the people like some of the people who came up through in DC and stayed mm-hmm. here that became kind of headliners in small rooms, learn how to do it. Yeah, man. And that's why you have a good setup here, man. That's why it's packed out. Cause you, you take the time to vet the comedians and you know, we, we have to just try not to take it personally. Uh, when someone either questions or even just makes a judgment call, say, ah, I'll have you middle. Right. It just comes with the it just comes with the game because I mean you know like I said I'm out in LA now and there's people that just famous people that right. can't headline yeah they're just, but they're putting butts in seats so for yeah. me to not have a name I'm not putting butts in seats yet whether I got the time whether I believe I have the time or not I'm definitely going to get vetted I'm going to be told no a bunch of times right. which is the reason that I'm just now you know nine years in it starting to. Headline. Even though if I made it my business to be a headliner, mm-hmm. you could if you make it your business, you could do it in four years. I know people that did it in two years. Sure. I just never because I, I think because I started so young and I started in Detroit. Yeah. I never took the time to uh, how do I want to put this? Go b- take take it a professional route, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I started in Michigan and I was twenty two. Mm-hmm. Or I was 24. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a little bit more grown now. Yeah. So now I know this this is a business. And now I know where I want to be. Right. I got out of high school and just jumped into comedy. I'm like, I can't believe I get to stay out Yeah, late. yeah. You know, so I'm just being funny. I'm just having fun. Now, let's say I was 19, 18, and I started in New York or L.A. Well, two, three years in, somebody would have scooped me up. and like, oh, this is a child prodigy. Right. So I missed it on both ends. I miss mm-hmm. being able to be a child prodigy, and I miss being able to be a, a just a young comic hustler. I think it's coming together well though for you now. Now it is. I mean, you know, it, you know, they say what's for you is for you. So right. I had the the privilege of being able to just have absolute fun in comedy. Uh huh. I'm still relatively young, uh-huh. and it's coming together now. And where did the van living take place? Okay, so. Yeah, I lived in a van. So when I was in Detroit, like I said, I started at 18 and, uh, you know, just kept going up and doing it and doing it and doing it. And I started hanging out with my buddy, Jeff Horace. And then I met this guy, Josh Adams. And then I was hanging out with this guy, Darius Bennett. And long story short, we came together and made a group mm-hmm. called the Motown Laugh Kings. Okay. And we would just go because we was all, always on shows together. Mm-hmm. And we would like flip coins to see who's going to headline because we all were funny, but it was like. All right, who can bring it at mm-hmm. the end? We all can do the time, but who sure. can bring it? Anyway, we started doing that a lot. And, uh, you know, none of us would have a car at the same time. Okay. One would have a car, and then theirs would get broke or something like that. And then, you know, somebody would crash in the winter time or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So very seldom will we all have a car at the same time. Then um, 
I crashed my car and I was like, uh, you know what? I'm getting a van, man. Okay. Because we're always out on the road, you know, and my dad used to take us camping. Like I say, woke us up in the morning and run miles. But uh, we used to go camping all the time. So I was starting to look into the minimalist living. Yeah. And I've always liked, which I'm trying to get out of doing now, I've always liked doing the finding the cheap route. Yeah. Or like the uh, the route where it's like, you can do it that way, but why would you? Mm-hmm. So I'm big on that. So it's like, okay, if I decided I wanted to move to L.A. right now, oh, where would I live? Uh-huh. How would I get there? Right. You know, and then you got to think about that. But then it's like, well, you know, you could just drive there. Sure. Live in your car. And I'm sure. like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So I'm researching vans, bought a E-150. It's a Ford conversion van. Mm. And then like I outfitted No windows it. on the side? No, it was... It, so that's a cargo van. Okay. Cargo van has no windows. Conversion oh. van is like stuff that like dads get to go on road trips to, you know, you know, up north to the cabin and it's just comfortable seats and you okay. got the TV in the, in the windows with the shades. And oh, stuff it's got like a TV that. in it? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, even though... So it's a kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. And then, oh, I always forget this. There's a comedian named Dave Stone. Yes. You know him? I, I know think, I know of him living in a van. And I think he was in a group called The Beards of Comedy. Mm-hmm, Atlanta. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. And I saw that documentary. Now, I had already... That was a modern comedian. Right, yeah, or that episode of that show. Uh-huh. I had already been considering living in a van, uh-huh. but that solidified it for me. I was like, oh, it's going down. <laughs> yeah. Like People are already doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm inventing something new because I know comics lived in their cars, but I'm like, I want to live in a van. And it's funny because I, I, my memory of that episode was that he did not seem very happy. I didn't get that. You know, I didn't get <laughs> you that didn't pick, you just saw the van and that's all that's all that uh, registered. I saw that he was living somewhere without having to pay cuz yeah. I had never I had I've never had a real job. To this day I've never had a real job. Wow. I've always been poor. Yeah. I've never had so I've never like turned away from some high paying job. Sure. I've never made more than $200 a week. Okay. And that that's those were my best jobs where I was making and I was getting paid bi weekly. Four hundred dollars every two weeks. Yeah. Was my best job. So not a good job. Exactly. So naturally I've never had the credit to get my own place. Yeah. I've never leased a car. Mm-hmm. I've never none of that. So the idea of me moving to if I want to move to LA now, mm-hmm. the only way I'm gonna be able to do it is to save up or just buy a van and go. Right. That's what I did. So anyway. I decided I'm going to get a van. I'm looking up minimalist living. I'm looking up uh, van life and all that stuff. Van like, life. <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole it's a whole community, brother. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking all this stuff up, and then I'm like, cool. I know the van I'm going to get. So my buddy, Josh Adams, one of the Motown Laugh Kings, he drives to – he's going to New York. Uh-huh. He's going to do Apollo Live. Okay. I'm just going to ride out there with him. I would have did it. But I hadn't signed up in advance. So I'm just going to ride out there with him. We go, which he bought a van too. But he bought his van because I said I was going to buy mine. He would tell you something different, but he bought a minivan just for whatever. So. Half-assed it. Right. Exactly. He called his van Beyonce. Good times. Anyway, we would go out. We went out to New York so Mm -hmm. he could do Live at the Apollo. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when it was on BET. 
It's like 90 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not staying in this fucking van. It's yeah. hot. I'm going to go in with you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you ain't registered. They might kick you out. I'm like, that's cool. But, you know, I'm going to be in an air conditioning yeah, for yeah. as long as I can until they tell me I got to leave. So I go in. And naturally, you know, I'm sitting down. And like, hey, what do you, you can't, are you, are you, what do they call, are you auditioning? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm auditioning. <laughs> I'm like, by the time they find out they ain't got my paperwork, whatever, it, yeah, I'll be, right. it'd be time to go anyway. So I go to the next level, and they're like, what, are, what, what, do you know what group you're in? I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm with him. I'm, with, I'm in his group. I wasn't. Cut two, I lied my way into the audition. Wow. Yeah. So now I'm in the audition room, and they're like, and we're in a big circle. It's like 25 people, and it's like some circle, like we're about to do some seance or something. And they point to everybody. You, you stand in the middle, and you do your talent. Some people sing. Some people rap. Some people dance. So they pointed to me, and I was like, I just started doing jokes uh-huh. and then they laughed and then they take us all downstairs. I'm like, man, this is fucking stupid. I don't even understand yeah, what yeah, happened. Yeah. And then they separated some of us and I was like, all right, this is okay. Well, we're going to fly you all out uh, next <laughs> week. I'm like, what? I thought it was like at least two levels. Yeah. I got it. I got the audition. My buddy got it too, thankfully, or that yeah, would be pretty yeah. odd, pretty awkward. So we get live at the Apollo. They fly us back out. We're on what's called the uh, variety portion. So we're not competing for the big money. Okay. We just got to stick on stage for 60 seconds without getting booed. Okay. And we win $1,000. Not bad. I go out there. Bam. Win $1,000. My buddy go out there. Bam. Win $1,000. All the other comics bombed. Okay. How you can bomb in 60 seconds to this day, I don't know. Yeah, it is hard to imagine. But they they got booed, man. So we went $1,000. I take that $1,000. I do another show with Corey Holcomb at some college. Get another 1200 I take that $2,000. I bought my van. A couple months later, I drove out to L.A. And I how had, long did you live in the van? About a year and a half. And what how, was that a difficult experience living after a while? In the van? Yes. No. You got used beautiful. to it? beautiful. You're I happy to live it. there? Where'd you shower? LA Fitness. Okay. Okay. So you just had you got a gym membership? Yeah. And uh And I would go to Ralph's and I would uh I would Did it have a little kitchen in it? My van? Yeah. Yeah. Well I put one in there. Like I said, so I outfitted it like it was a RV. Okay. It was just a conversion van, yeah. but I took out two chairs to make more room. I put a big futon in there. Uh-huh. And then, like, I had a cooler. That was my refrigerator. Uh-huh. And then I had, like, this little camper stove, which is just, like, this little propane tank uh-huh. that you put, like, a little burner on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would put a plate on there, and I would cook stuff up. Did you bring girls back to this van? Yeah. All the time? Yeah. And th- how did they take it? They loved it. Yeah, it's something different. They it's an adventure. It. Yeah, it's in the way it was set up, man. Like, I'll show you a picture if I can pull it up. The way it was set up, it was just, like, girls felt obligated to fuck. <laughs> not, not obligated because there was nothing me. else to do no not obligated to fuck me just because it was like oh this i've i've got to scratch this off my bucket list yeah yeah it was like they had to do it for them right like, <laughs> yeah i can't pass up this opportunity look there's a there's a there's a bed in this van i've never got this close to van life before most people don't even drive vans let alone <laughs> live in them so most people haven't even been in a van but you know it was that's it right there it looks big yeah, man. Granted, the mattress takes up the entire 
Well, that was just that. It. That was just that portion. That was yeah. the back, and then you had the whole front, which was the car part. <laughs> I mean, I had a uh, you know, and then I did a show in my van where I would cook a meal. Oh yeah, I'd interview somebody, and then we would eat in the van. Is this a podcast? It was like a uh, well, I guess it kind of was a podcast, but I put it out on YouTube. Okay, it's video. Called van cooked meals. And how how many did you do? Not a lot. Okay, it was very difficult to do. I only had one camera. Yeah. Had a tripod. I didn't have GoPros and stuff like that. I think I did like four episodes. But then I, I did a lot of cooking and recording. So I would cook and record and chop it up and put it on Instagram. But anyway. That's funny. Yeah. It was uh it was very fun. I didn't I didn't the only difficult part was having to like imagine every time you had to take a shower, you had to go to the store. And get soap. That's what it felt like. I don't think I could. Well, maybe I could do it. No, I would get used to it. But then I would you just do it. Then you realize you don't need to shower all the time. The only <laughs> the only reason that it was a burden for me is because I had to shower. Like if I wasn't if I wasn't going to be around people, and didn't have to like look like a human being uh-huh. and be in people's face and do comedy, I would go days without showering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't do that. So every day I had to go to the gym. Every day, I mean, but it also gets you to the gym. That was the other thing. Every time I would check in, you know, somebody at the desk, enjoy your workout. It's like, bitch, you know what I came here for. I'm not working out. My body looks the same. It has not changed. I'm using the shower. Oh, you didn't work out? No, never. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Never work out in there. When I I transferred from one campus to another in college, and uh, I went up over the summer to get an apartment, and I was like, I'm just going to sleep in my car yeah. that night while I look at places yeah. because I'm only going to be there for one night. And uh, just that was enough. I was like, I'm ne- I'll never do that again. Well, it was so uncomfortable. That's the thing, man. I made it a point. That's why I researched it for like a year before I did anything. Yeah. Like I was practicing sleeping in the van before I moved Oh, to make Detroit. sure you were okay with it. Just make, make sure I had the ability to get everything I needed. Yeah. So when I left, I had multiple sleeping bags. I had what's called a little buddy heater, which is a propane heater. Yeah. I had somewhere to store food, my, my, my stuff that needed to be refrigerated. I had the stuff. And most importantly, I had the room. Like to this day, I don't think I can buy a vehicle that I can't sleep in comfortably. It really? Be. Yeah. Psychologically. Yeah. Like my, the first vehicle I ever bought with my what money. What do you have now? You have a car now? I still got the van. Oh, you still have it? <laughs> yeah, I still drive it, man. The first vehicle I ever bought was a Ford Escort station wagon. Okay. So I would lay the seats down, I'd put a cover down, and I would I'd take naps in there and, you know, have relations with women. <laughs> right. After I crashed that car, which was my baby, I wish it, I wish that didn't happen, I bought the van. But my thing is, why? Why would you buy a vehicle you can't sleep in? Like, what purpose does it serve? Well, I ha- I mean, it's been a long time since that night that I slept in that car, but I haven't slept in a car since. I've never slept in a car. I've yeah. only slept in plush beds that <laughs> happen to be on the inside of a vehicle. This was a Honda CRX. It's a two-door car. It's about the size of, like, a Yaris. What? Just get a motorcycle <laughs> if you're going to get something that small, you know? I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. Hey, get a tricycle. You know, get a golf cart. Yeah, man. If I have a vehicle, that's my first. Most people go and say, "How many? How much gas mileage? Uh, is it, what's the rate? No, yeah. can I stretch out in it? 
is my first question. So was it, uh, so when you got out to LA, was it hard to get incorporated into that scene? No, no, uh, not for me, if I can be frank. And it was, I'm not going to say it's because I was funny, uh-huh. but again, coming from Detroit, there's a different type of development that you get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming from anywhere that's not New York, L.A., really that's it, because you can get good development in Chicago and in Atlanta, Yeah, but it's still a little close to... Um, industry uh-huh so indeed let's say you let's say some random town i don't know some random town in wisconsin mm-hmm. it's probably not a lot of people there period sure right in detroit there's a lot of people yeah and a lot of famous stuff from it so we're a real city mm-hmm. but it's just a ghost town as far as like industry and anything and entertainment sweet. yeah right so i would go to Mike's and there was 30 people there and I'm two months into comedy and I'm getting 10 minutes you know so I got that every day right I got to do 10 minutes in front of a real crowd every day where you go to LA not only are you like kissing a bunch of ass just to get three minutes you're getting three minutes in front of 10 comics right like the shows we were doing in Michigan if there was if there was 10 people there shows getting canceled it's not enough people yeah, yeah. Ten real people in LA, that's a party. Yeah, yeah. Like most of the mics in LA you're doing in front of other comics. So anyway, sure, sure. I was able to develop with real crowds and good stage time. I and think it makes a big difference. Right. And then and I wasn't worried about like, oh, is this is this joke gonna get me on T V? Of course. Is this joke gonna get me an agent? I didn't even that wasn't even even in my mind. Yeah, you've got a pure motivation. Correct. So when I went to L.A., it was like, and I was I was new, obviously, to L.A., but I had already did six years. Right. Most people yeah, yeah. move to L.A. because they've been doing comedy 20 years and they finally get ready to make it happen, or they've never done comedy and they're just now moving to L.A. Mm-hmm. I had did six years in Detroit already. Yeah, it's a bit. That's a lot. Right. Six or seven. And then I came out there, and people was like, I've never seen you before. You're funny. That happens enough times. Now you're doing better mics. Then you're getting, uh, you know, booked on shows for drink tickets. And then you get paid once or twice. And then for me, I was fortunate enough to get a job at the comedy store. Yeah. And then things really kicked off. Yeah, you think that made a big difference for you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I was going to be good in the black world of comedy, period. Just okay. Because I'm black and I just know all those people, so I I would go to, I'd go to L.A. When I went to L.A., I knew the black celebrities. Mm-hmm. I knew Corey Holcomb. I knew D. Ray. I already knew. You had met them before. Yeah. I already knew Lil Rail just before he was famous. I right. already knew Tiffany Haddish. Again, it's before she was famous. Yeah. I, I could get on the shows with them, but the equivalent to that would be me going to LA and just already knowing Joe Rogan. You don't already know Joe Rogan. Uh, right. You can't just get on the show <laughs> right, with Joe Rogan. Right, right. You know. So I was able to build up those relationships. In other words, I was gonna be on BET either way. I was on BET before yeah. I even moved to LA. Yeah. Now I'm trying to get on Comedy Central. Yeah, different. Now I'm trying to get on Netflix. Right. Now I'm trying to get on FX. So that's what the comedy store opened helped put up me for on you. a fast track though. Yeah. Cause I would have did it either way. Cause that was, that's the job. The job right. is to get it all. 
but going to the comedy store, I got to meet a lot of mainstream comics and stuff like that. And what do you have to do when you work the door there? Check IDs, throw out trash, tell people where to sit. And you mean actual trash? Yeah. Yeah, actual trash. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Uh, c- clear off the tables. And you got to throw out garbage people sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, some people enjoy that. Me, not so much. You know, so there's different codes there. Code one, code two, code three, you know. And Oh, maybe uh, we should institute that here. Yeah, well, I mean, we had walkie-talkies and stuff. It, at the comedy store, there's three rooms. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of places to be. So if you're upstairs, you know, and in the belly room, Insecurity is outside on the patio. You can't run downstairs and go, hey, it's the fight upstairs. So you got to have something. Right, right. So, you know, walkie, it's code one, code two, code three. But no, I wouldn't throw out too many people. I've had a, a few altercations, but most of the time they're drunk and sure. they want to, you know, doing comedy, you read people. So I can read when somebody is trying to get some attention. Of course. And I would, ne- I would just never give in to what they wanted if I thought that it was going to escalate into a serious altercation. You know, so people are like, hey, why can't I? It's like, because I said, and the other thing is when you work somewhere, people expect you to have this, this aura of professionalism mm-hmm. as if you can't be a real person. Yeah. And they take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, hey, this is bullshit and all this stuff uh-huh. and you're, you're supposed to go because you work there you're supposed to go I know I'm sorry but all the people that work at the comedy store all the door guys yeah. and girls now they're all comics yeah so they would come up to us with that air of like and how why is this and I would say I don't fucking know and they were what? Like, hey, whatever. I'm a comic man yeah. oh, have to be professional with you get out of my fucking face yeah, go sit yeah, down yeah, go yeah that's a seat that's pretty much how it is how it is here because it's all it's comics comic here it's yeah. all comics and uh but, but yeah working there it, it it helped me it helped me get on and then like um so when i first started working there a few weeks later maybe i went to jfl and the talent coordinator adam egot was kind of like surprised to see me there because he had just hired me so in his mind He's he's he doesn't know my background. Yeah, he we hadn't really talked that much up until that point. So he just saw me in just for laughs. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, like, yeah. You work new hire. They hire you for a door up here too. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we just hired you. How are you at JFL already? Are you doing new faces? And I wasn't. Again, I already knew the Black World. Yeah. So I went up there for Kevin Hart's. How did that, how did that come apart? Uh, I about just, I just know the people at LOL. So they just somebody recommended you. Yeah. Kevin yeah, liked I, you. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, come up here and do a do a special or And so what did you do what did you do up there? I did what's called Kevin Hart's LOL Live. So it's like it's on their um website. Mm-hmm. I think it's called lol.com. And uh I just did like a clip, did a 8 10 minute set and they put it on uh put it on their website. Were they I think that was like they were thinking about making that a, a television channel at one point. I think that's still in the works. Yeah, I don't, I don't. You know, it's not the easiest thing to do. I, yeah, I'm sure. But uh, you know, they're they and television is, you know, it's like what is television now? Yeah, what's the point of it? Yeah. Why even almost a website almost makes more sense than having a television so, channel? Yeah, so like it's the stuff's on YouTube. It's on his actual website. You know, he's got his Instagram stuff like that. But yeah, went out there that year, and then um, I think that might have. Had people look at me in a different light. Of course it will. The fact that it was like, oh, you just did JFL. 
and then um yeah it's funny because you got that jfl label right. which s- seems like you went through an audition right. and you got new faces right but you didn't you uh, you got right. something that you could something that is arguably better well i'll tell you uh Kevin Hart, LOL Live, you get paid. Right, exactly. And they fly you out there. Yeah, it's more of a real thing. New like, faces, yeah. you don't get paid, yeah. and you have to fly yourself out there. Yeah. So that was that year. And then the next year, I got new faces. Okay. So I went to JFL twice. And because I went the first year for Kevin Hart's thing, I had a better lay of the land Right. when I went the second year for new faces. So everybody else was kind of like nervous and stuff. And, you know, I was the normal, you know, nervous slash anxious. But I had seen new faces the year prior. Because right. after my Kevin Hart show, I was like, let me go watch new faces. Let's see what it's all about. Let's see who beat me out of it. Because I had audition that year. Oh, you did audition? As well, I just oh, didn't get it. Okay. And then I got, but I ended up still going. And nice. then the next year I auditioned again a little bit more arrogantly. Because <laughs> it's like, I've already went so everybody can eat shit. Do you think that helped you? Probably, probably. And the fact that I was out there, too. Yeah. Because that's the thing about those, at least that one, those like uh, those festivals, man. Like, you know, you're auditioning. It's this big deal. It's this big thing. And you got the people who get to say yay or nay. And then you go, they, you, all the people that go, all the people that get it, they get to go out there. All the people that selected the people to get the festival, they're out there. It's this big, giant party. It is the shit. It's very fun. Yeah. And then, you know, you go back and everybody's telling these stories. But to see somebody that probably was funny enough to get it and just didn't get it, but then you see them out there anyway. <laughs> and now I'm looking at who you did select. I'm looking at you like, you motherfucker. You know? <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm out there kind of teasing them and stuff. And then the next year, like, I didn't even audition myself. I had my management kind of set me up yeah. for an audition. And then I did it again. And like they had these cameras out afterwards because they had this uh, this documentary that they put on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like the road to JFL. So they had these cameras out interviewing people after their sets, and it was like, how's it feel for this to be your one and only shot at JFL? And I was <laughs> like, what? Not only did I do this last year, right. but if I don't get it this year, I can do it. I can try again next year. What are you, what are you people talking about? Yeah. So I was very just nonchalant. I wasn't an asshole, but it was just like, I did my thing. Right. And then I went. Right. And uh, like I said, because I had went and seen it the year prior, I was able to just really be free and just do my thing. And I, I, I did pretty good. I, I uh, got a write up in a paper of nice. best in the fest. Oh, of, wow. One of the best of the fest. Yeah. Um, met with every agency. There was. I had my pick of the litter as far as agents. And that's when you got an agent? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, took a bunch of meetings and stuff like that. But if anybody's listening to this, any comics listening to this, I want to say this. You don't have to get new faces to go to JFL, man. People forget that. it It's a festival. Uh-huh. You can just go. Nobody wants anybody to You mean just to people. hang out? Yeah, man. And people are like, oh, I don't want to just hang out. And... And not being invited. Man, fuck that. It's so many people there. Uh huh. Nobody knows everything that everybody's doing. Right. And the likelihood of you knowing a comic there and being able to just like get a pass and then like ju- just go to all the shows and like eat food yeah. and stuff like that, it's pretty high. Yeah. Like both years I went, I did extra shows just because I knew people out there. Yeah. 
so when I did New Faces, I didn't just do New Faces. I did like three other shows. Yeah, yeah. When I the first year I went, I was hanging out with with Kevin Hart, uh, Russell Peters, and Tony Rock. Just Pretty good. I just know them from being around. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't know what show I was on. I could I could have not been on a show at all, but I was hanging out. Go to JFL, man. Just go. Wow. Save your money and go. I've never. You're the first person I've ever heard give that advice. Because they don't want anybody to know, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, like they don't want me saying this. Yeah. But whatever. It's a festival. There's like a million people there that aren't even doing stand up. They're just watching. Yeah. If nothing, you can go there and watch. Hang out with friends, man. That's cool, man. All right, so we gotta wrap this up. But uh, oh, you, wow. you most recently, you got, uh, you did a, a feature set for Comedy Central. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, I did a feature set on Comedy Central, uh, about a six, seven-minute clip. That was pretty good. Uh, I like reading the comments on it. And uh, where do they put that? They put it just on YouTube? They put it on Twitter? It's on their website, and it's on YouTube. Okay. And of course, there's clips on uh, Instagram and right. Facebook and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, uh, yeah, man, somebody, uh, a few people. So if there's 400 comments, 10 people was like, you stole this from this person and you 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 look like this and you're a massager. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are the fun comics uh, comments. And like I said, I'm so uh, influenced by Patrice. There's some things that just like sound very Patrice. And I'm like, you stole this from Patrice. Like, OK, did I really? Yeah, yeah. 14 year old. <laughs> I think I know comedy a little more than you, but it's yeah. very fun. It's getting very good reviews and uh Things are coming together, man. I'm very glad uh, for you all to have me out here, brother. Yeah, man. Well, I, I'm glad that you're out here. Uh, I I think Silvio made some good points, and I, I'm glad he cool, I'm man. glad he pushed for it because uh, I think it's it's been a good weekend so far, and uh, yeah. it's gonna be better tonight. Yeah, I think it is gonna be better tonight. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.